Welcome to the no spin dash zone. Why um, is the square button the homing attack? <laughs> like that? Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> that was really good, Charlie. I'm proud of you. Sorry, I don't like that square is a homing attack. Why is it not just XX? Or I guess if you're playing the Xbox versions AA and not yeah. AX. It sucks. Like it should. It, the jump button and homing attack button should be the same button because you can't jump when you're in the air and you can't homing attack when you're on the ground. And you get an upgrade that lets you boost in the air. Yeah, which makes it so that you can't... It sucks. <sighs> Isaiah, can you introduce us with compliments? Uh, okay, so I'm Isaiah, and I'm probably the most attractive person of the group. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't really think of any compliments for you guys. Well, That's not even the, my like, boyfriend the way I thinks would... I'm cute. <laughs> Are we already... <laughs> Are we already here? Okay. Okay, hold Welcome on to the podcast, everybody. Isaiah is a very ambitious person. I I will choose to take that as a compliment. I think that Isaiah looks nice when he's wearing glasses. That's all the time, dude. Except I when know. you're in a play. Or when it's raining. That's true. I, I, think, I think Steven is amazing at articulating his opinion. <laughs> That's a really nice way of calling me, like, stubborn. <laughs> No, I, I think you're, like, you're very good at being, like, this is not only how I feel, but also why in, like, a lot of detail. And, like, you are very good at, I, I was going to say making yourself seem reasonable, and then I realized that was a backhanded compliment. But, like, you're... <laughs> I mean, it's also probably true. <laughs> but you're really good at being, like, yeah, no, this is what has led me to this conclusion. Charlie, I think that of the three of us, you're the one with the best, like, comedic timing. Oh, Definitely. Even if occasionally it seems like it's not on purpose, it seems like it comes naturally <laughs> to you that you just say the funniest possible thing at the right moment. 100%. And this is our podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> when I said introduce us with compliments, I more so meant, like, here's my lovely co-host. Oh, okay. And like, <laughs> Isaiah, you're not very good at podcasts. <laughs> like, here's... We've got with us today Illinois' finest talent. Charlie... Are we allowed to say your last name? This... Our next guest needs no introduction. Yeah, that kind of shit. It's me. Uh, but yeah, so we played the HD version of Sonic Unleashed this time. Last time we played the standard definition version. Yeah, to clarify, this, the standard definition is just the most convenient way to refer to the PS2 and Wii version that was produced by Dimps, and then this, the HD high definition version is the easiest way to refer to the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions that were produced by Sonic Team. Powered by the Hedgehog Engine. They're pretty different games. Are they produced by Song Team? I think so. It, there, Havoc is involved. I don't know what Havoc is exactly. Havoc is an engine. Oh. Yeah, it's like middleware, basically. I believe the Hedgehog Engine is, like, within the Havoc Engine. It's unfortunate that they don't use it anymore, because it made it sound like it was going to be something important later on, but I guess they never use it again. Is it not the same thing that Generations runs on? I don't think so. I mean, they never advertise it in the credits, so... Maybe they just decided to backload it. I mean, I had a friend who really liked... I have a friend who really likes Unleashed and makes it sound like the Hedgehog engine is really cool, so I figured it should be cool. Why is it not more games? This game isn't bad. It's just very weird. Yeah. I want to get out of the way before we get into the gameplay. I mentioned the cliffhanger at the end of the last episode that we talked about Chip, and I think we're also going to talk about Amy and a little bit about the Werehog. What about Pickles? Okay, Professor Pickle is fine, but if you want to talk about him, you can. But first, I gotta say about Chip. So Chip is the person who is tasked with the very unfortunate job of giving you the tutorial. <laughs> Sonic! 
It's it's <laughs> literally. I think in all of my video game experience, it's impossible to like the person that teaches you how to play the game. It's very difficult to like. Hi, ship, I'm Omochow. <laughs> yes, it's also incredible. I mean, but it's like fun to hate Omochow. That's true. So he wins points for that. Like they programmed into the game ways to beat up Omochow. Yeah, which is why he's terrible in, in uh, generations. Can I say real quick? There's like question mark circles that you can walk into to have Chip tell you how to play the game. And then it stops you. There's a bit in Haluska Night where you have to like run jump, but the question block is literally in the way of the run jump. I was just doing that. <laughs> it's it. There's some dumb stuff, but it's cool because they, when you run into them, they dissipate for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but then you get yourself in the position and then it spawns back. Yeah, it's not ideal. It's rough. I mean, at least if you fail the jump, you don't die. You just jump back up to where you were. But if you can find it in your heart to forgive the little guy for being given this horrible, horrible job. It's really not his fault. No, it's not. He didn't put this on himself. But Chip does a couple things that I really like. First of all, Chip doesn't have a memory, but that doesn't stop him from having a character, which I was really impressed by. Because most characters with amnesia are either A, the protagonist, and then they don't have any character traits because you're supposed to be them, or they're just like, what is my past? What's going on? Who am I? And like every person they talk to, they're like, who am I? <laughs> and then if that person doesn't know anything, they tend to like not care about them anymore. You're describing Shadow the Hedgehog in the game Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> yes. Yes. A very bad character. <laughs> it it's It's rough. But I think Chip is cool because... He likes sweets, which is a fine quirk to have. And then he's also sympathetic. Like, every person that he meets who's in not the greatest situation, he just tries to offer them chocolate to make them feel better because it's the only thing he knows how to do right now. He offers chocolate to the boss that you beat up. (laughs) (laughs) He also, I think my favorite time of him offering chocolate, he offers it to Tails and he offers it to that boss. And I believe he offers it to someone else at the point that I'm at. But my favorite instance is that he offers it to Professor Pickle when you free him from being captured by Eggman. And Professor Pickle just got done bitching and whining about how the sandwiches here aren't good enough, and he explains to Chip how to make a real sandwich. (laughs) And Chip is super into it, and then he's like, hey, you haven't eaten in a while, do you want some chocolate? And Professor Pickle is like, ah, yes, I'd love some. (laughs) And it endears you to both of them right away. Yeah. See, I have a much easier time liking Chip now than I did when I first played this game. And then also the second time that I played this game because uh, I made bad choices as a child. Because, um, <laughs> like, as a kid, I was like, all right, I'm tired of the... I'm I'm 12 and I'm already tired of the, like, like small flying comic character trope. Yeah. You know? And I, I still am tired of that. Like, I just have... He loses points just for that. And he loses even more points for teaching me how to play the game. Yeah, he's not amazing. He's in a really bad spot. I find some of the bits of him being like a cartoon comic relief character to be enjoyable. And some of them are just lame. Like there's a bit where he he goes, I think I might die. And then his soul floats out of his body. Yeah. And then instead of him talking, a trumpet plays. And I'm like, all right, this is not this is not doing it for me. This is not an ability we've established he has. It's also not... That's not him being a character. That's him just being a punchline. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be comic relief when he hands people chocolate, but it also makes sense as he sets up that he likes chocolate and he also likes sharing it. Yeah. But there's a there's a bit where, like, Sonic and Chip are running and they suddenly stop. And, like, Chip is in front of Sonic and stops first, and then Sonic runs face first into Chip. 
Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is good. There's also a great bit where Chip and Sonic are like running out from somewhere. I think it's one of the temples when the door closes. And Chip is kind of in the way. And he lands on Sonic's face, and Sonic just flicks him off. <laughs> yeah, some of some of the <laughs> some of the slapstick <laughs> is like good. I love it. It's it's always funny when Sonic bats Chip out of the way to get to like the important part. <laughs> yeah, especially because funny. they are they are friends. Yeah, it's cool. I like their relationship honestly more than I like Sonic and Tails' relationship with this game. Yeah, I like that Chip. Is kind of like this very creature that is designed like a Sonic character. Yeah, it's an interesting... It's kind of almost like Charmy, where the character isn't shaped like many Sonic characters that we've seen before. He's of a different size, but he still fits in the universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're definitely right about that. The next thing that I want to talk about after Chip is Amy in this game. So, I don't think that Amy's character in this game is actually particularly interesting. She's slightly less obsessed with Sonic then we've seen her in the past or maybe it's just like only because he's ugly now well it's also like i think it's a more i don't know it's weird she's not as violent in this game i guess is the best way to put it that's true i don't know she and tails are just kind of not in this game that much yeah chip is like who's there and pickle even more i would say because you have yeah. to talk to him half the time yeah but that's just npc dialogue like it's not like right. pickle is saying interesting things the only character that you get for him is pretty much that first scene with chip yeah but you see him so often, and you pass by Amy to get there, but still Amy's just kind of there. Yeah. But the thing I like about Amy and Sonic's relationship in this game is that she sees him as the Werehog before she sees him as Sonic, and the first interaction they have is that I think Sonic beats up some bad guys around, and then Amy runs up and tries to hug him. I think they just enter the area, and then she tries to hug him. Oh, I thought it was after a fight. I thought the first time was, like, they encounter each other serendipitously, and, like, she thinks she recognizes him, but he, like, Spider-Man's away before she can. No. No, The first time she is able to hug him. She hugs him, and she's like, oh, Sonic, it's so nice to see you again. And he doesn't, like, stop her or anything, but then she looks up at him, and he's just making this kind of, like, I'm not sure what you're about to do face. And then she says, oh, sorry, I thought you were somebody else. And then she, like, waves and walks away. Well, no, she kind of she kind of just like pushes herself away from him, like, oh no, yeah, like like someone assaulted one of them or something like that. Well, she she said sorry. She understood that it was her. She was very embarrassed. Yeah, it was her bed, and she walked away. And Sonic lifts up like an arm as she's leaving, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. This is the second time Amy has seen someone Third. vaguely headshot. Third time? Yeah, she did the silver, right? I think she does, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my- She needs glasses. But that's not canon to this universe, probably. <laughs> she needs glasses. We we cannot ignore it. <laughs> if, it's a part Wouldn't of- have been amazing if, like, she mistook Jet for Sonic? Yes. I would have loved that scene. <laughs> Sonic! Wait a second. You're- you're I'm not a hedgehog! <laughs> <laughs> Your Jet voice is really good! In the second scene with Amy- she okay this is when they uh beat up some guys around her and she's on the ground and sonic helps her up and then she's about to dust herself off and turn around and that's when he launches his arm and swings away before she can see who it was that's right so it's pretty clear that sonic doesn't at the very least doesn't hate amy because he reaches after her when she walks away and it seems like he's kind of sad and then he also seems embarrassed or worried that she'll think he's scary when he's in the Werehog form, and these are emotions that I don't think we've ever seen from Sonic. Yeah. Like doubt and fear, and it's really cool to see that they come up at night because the implication is that at night people's moods are shifting a little bit. Yeah. And I think we don't see the sort of 
imagery that we always see with the human NPCs when they're having a bad time, but I like to think that Sonic and the Werehog form has a few personality differences, and I think those are kind of highlighted in these scenes. Yeah. He's definitely more brutal as a Werehog. I mean, it's really weird because, like, when I first saw this game, I expected, like, Werehog Sonic to just be, like, a totally different person. Yeah, same here. But it's just kind of Sonic, but with a gruffer voice. Which, by the way, I want to give huge props to Jason Griffith for, like, doing so well Sonic because I remember when I first saw this game hearing Sonic go woo and feeling good I'm like wow that's Jason Griffith I remember when he sounded just kind of okay in Shadow the Hedgehog yeah he just sounded like a guy that was trying to sound like Sonic yeah he's just so full force now yeah he's he's really emotive in this game in like a lot of ways it's good I played this game in Japanese for the second playthrough because all the cutscenes are the same so I just wanted to hear the Japanese voice acting and his Japanese voice actor also does a good job also, he kind of kills it as as Werehog Sonic too, because like that's not that's not necessarily an easy voice to do if you specialize in the typical Sonic voice. Yeah, Japanese Sonic, like daytime Japanese Sonic, just sounds like an aged up version of our Sonic, pretty much. Like he still <laughs> is a fast talker and he's kind of silly, but he sounds more like a grown man, <laughs> which I expected him to sound like a grandma because of how anime has trained me. Yeah. But then, Werehog, Japanese Sonic, just sounds like a dude that's playing Mahjong. He's <laughs> <laughs> just, like, super gruff, and he speaks a little slowly. <laughs> oh, man. It was, it was interesting. C- can I express something about Sonic's doubt and fear regarding Amy? Something that... I, I'm not going to say... Fr- it, like, disappointed me a little bit, I guess, that it didn't go anywhere. Like, he was like, oh, no, she's not going to accept me. And Amy was like, yeah, I accept you. That's fine. Yeah. And I was like, all right, arc over. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it would have shown up in any other segment of the story. Because at this point, I feel like that's more or less just a fan theory for me that's not substantiated by anything other than those two scenes with Amy. Yeah. I mean, we do have canonical confirmation that Dark Gaia changes people's personalities. Yeah, but it's not clear that Sonic is under that influence. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think he is just because, mechanically speaking... The way you play as the Werehog is you're just really aggressive and brutal. Like, a lot of your takedowns are, like, you know, <laughs> you, you've you mentioned, like, in the Japanese version, there's a bit where you will punch rapidly into an aura aura, right? Yeah, JoJo style. That is not Day Sonic's style, you know? Yeah, it's very different. And there's actually a line of dialogue with the professor if you ask him. He, he'll say that he can give you some hints, but they're, like closer to lore than hints, really? You can unlock regular hints, but all the ones that are unlocked by default are just lore stuff. Yeah, so I want to send you guys a an image that I took of one of the things he says when you ask him if you can find, like, a cure for the Werehog. This is the, the exact quote. Though I can't help but note that you seem to be enjoying the change. Jesus. Yeah, yeah he's like, Sonic, <laughs> I think you're into killing people. I think you like the murder. And I thought that was super cool because it shows that Sonic has both this, like, uncomfortable with his, like, looks for Amy at the moment, but then he's also kind of into ripping robots to pieces. Well, and also, like, whenever you kill a Dark Gaia enemy, the Dark Gaia energy goes into Sonic. Like, it's literally the evil force that is destroying the world is the source of Sonic's strength in this game. Yeah. There's also one more little piece of NPC dialogue that I remember from the standard definition version of the game, and I'm sure it shows up similarly at another point of the HD version of this game. 
but there's like a little line of dialogue in is it Mazuri? Is that the name of the location? Yeah, uh, the one that's Africa. Yes. Yes. In Missouri, you go there at night, and the people thank you and talk about how you look strong and like you have a strong will and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like they say nice things about you, whereas everywhere else, everyone's like you're kind of weird looking. Interesting. So I think it's neat that different people, like the different people of different nations, think of Sonic differently. I do like that bit. Yeah. I think it could have been expanded upon a little bit better, but I think that just that little bit made it feel worth talking to NPCs in the standard definition version of the game, Mm -hmm. whereas most of the other dialogue is pretty boring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say, talking to people is a lot less necessary in this game. Like, sometimes you have to do it, and you have to do it for a lot of side content. Right. But it's not required to unlock the stages pretty much ever, I think. there. I think there are a couple instances. You have to talk to Pickle all the time, but not really anyone else. It's nice to, like, see them emote, you know? Oh, like, yeah. not seeing the stills anymore. They're really nice to talk to and look at. So in yeah. this game, instead of a, like, city overview where you're selecting locations of interest, like in a, like, visual novel, you are physically in the cities as, as a hub, uh, like in Sonic Adventure, but much smaller. And you can walk up to the NPCs and talk to them, and they will they will talk animatedly. It's probably not smaller if you put them all together. That's true. Yeah, if you put them all together, it's probably the same amount of hub, but it's just multiple different hubs. Yeah, it's segmented. I think they're decently sized. I think Spagonia is a little too big for how often you have to go to it. It also sounds way too much like the word spaghetti. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and it's Italy. <laughs> Ma Spagonia. <laughs> But every every other hub feels like it's it's the right size to contain what it does. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Can I say my least favorite thing about the hubs? Yes. There are so many invisible walls everywhere, oh and my it is God. the absolute mm-hmm. worst in Apatos. 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 I agree completely. There are barrels that are shorter than Sonic, and they have invisible walls that go up to, like, the vertical height of the of the room that you're in. It's insane. <laughs> it sucks. Like, why can't I just jump on the barrel? Yeah. <laughs> I want to touch the barrel. Especially because a lot of those barrels are designed the same way the barrels that you can, like, move. Actually break. Look. Yeah. yeah. I find it funny that you can't just, like, boost into a door that Werehog Sonic can break down. Yeah, yeah, or do your, like, little weird slide kick thing. And then outside of the city hubs, there's a, a Gaia Gate hub, would you call it? They call it a stage entrance. Okay, yeah. And that's, like, the word that all the NPCs use. And it's, like, a like a minor stage area closer in spirit to the Sonic Adventure action stages, where you have to do some kind of platforming. Yeah. yeah. On the normal village areas, you can't boost, but in this stage, you can. And it doesn't give you a whole lot of room to do it, so it's kind of weird that they let you do it anyway. There are certain obstacles that you need it to clear. Yeah. Right. You have all of your abilities in those stages where you don't within the cities. Like, in, in day stages, you can't go... You can't run at top speed as day Sonic, while you can in the... the um, what are they called? The action stages? <laughs> Stage entrances is what all the NPCs call them. Stage entrances, yeah. The ones for like Apotos and Spagonia are, are kind of confined because they're still like town areas, but you'll have some ones like Chunan or Holoska where you have a lot more room to kind of stretch your legs out. So it is worth mentioning that the, the Gaia temples from the standard definition version of the game are not here. Which is good, because you could only be Werehog on that stage, and they were just all the same. Yeah. With, like, minor aesthetic differences. The format is just completely different. 
Yeah, it's also... I don't like them as much because the, it feels like there's too much going on in them sometimes. In in which one? In the the all of the entrance stages. Like, it, to me, it feels like... Oh my god, there's a dog barking. <laughs> uh, oh, it's not gonna stop. Alright. <laughs> a formal apology to everyone listening to this. There just will be a dog barking in my recording. I can't do anything about it. Oh, man. Um, but I feel like frequently they will have these spaces that you can't get to as one form or the other, so you have to hit the hourglass thing, and that takes you to a loading screen, and that's just a huge pain in the ass. There's a lot of, like, you enter the city, and it loads the city, and then you enter the entrance stage, and it has to save and then load the entrance stage, and then you change from day to night, and it has to load, and then you go to the stage, and it loads the stage. It's Sonic 06 all over again. Yeah. It's not quite as egregious, but it sucks. There are even some NPCs that you talk to or interact with and have to start a mission, and that has a loading screen that it loads you back out to. Which is not quite the same as 06, but it's pretty damn close for how much that game should be (laughs) a highlight of what not to do for every video game ever. Yeah. And I also think that some of the obstacles they ask you to do in those are a little too much, and you can lose lives in the stage entrances. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't be able to do that. No, there should be no bottomless pits. That's ridiculous. And I feel like they shouldn't ask you to do any... I don't know. You, you shouldn't have to do one task more than once to get a thing in those. I feel like they should be fun to poke around in. Yeah. And you shouldn't be penalized for screwing up, and it shouldn't take more than, like, 30 seconds to get a thing in them. Because those are the most, like, explore-heavy part of the game, I would say. I completely disagree, but we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> those, are the, those are the most low-stakes explore-heavy part of the game. Except for the fact that you can die. (laughs) This is the part of the game that is most encouraging for exploration. That's true. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. But the entire game demands exploration, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. And this game, unlike the standard definition version, Sonic does not start with all of his abilities in in the day mode. You can't do the, the ground slam. You can't do light dash. You can't do wall jumps. And there are a couple instances where you play stages where you can go faster, you can take faster routes if you have those abilities, but it's before you've unlocked those abilities, which I guess encourages replayability, but it it was really frustrating, especially having gone from the standard definition where I did have those abilities. Yeah, for me, it felt like they were trying to call back to Sonic Adventure. Or Sonic Adventure 2, more so. Because in Sonic Adventure, you do get power-ups, but they usually don't impact actual levels. At least not ones that come before the power-ups. And that's what I liked about it, because in that game, you could still do all of the, you know, challenging missions before you got to them. But one one thing I don't like about Sonic Adventure 2 is that you have to get, like, Sonic's Light Dash before you can actually really effectively do City Escape and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. And this game, to me... The things that you see in it scream, don't you wish you could do this? You can't. Yet. Yeah, yet. And then also, it's... I don't know. It, this game's version of the day stages aren't even super fun to me to, like, race through. They're very fast. Yeah, and not having access to those extra little options doesn't... It's not like those options make the gameplay more interesting. It's They make it interesting at all, and the gameplay is not interesting to me before then. Because it's just a bunch of homing attacking and trying to not get hit by things. And trying to anticipate when you will have to jump because you're going too fast to see obstacles in time to react to them. Yeah. It's... uh, You go really fast in this game. It's super weird. We should talk about medals, right? 
Yeah, medals are the important thing that we should talk about. So this game, like the last one, has medals that you collect. There are sun medals and moon medals, but unlike in the last game, they are not locked exclusively to end-of-level rewards. These medals can be achieved, like, in as many ways as you can think. Always except for clearing stages. It, yeah, exactly. It almost reminded me of an N64-style collect-a-thon, like Banjo-Kazooie or something. They just litter the game with them. Yeah. In a way that is not... It doesn't feel congruous yeah. with the rest of any Sonic game's design, really. Right. Yeah. There's literally a medal where it's, like, on this kind of isolated building, which you would normally just skip through. You like you jump on there and then go to the rail. But then you have to go like to the side and down a staircase that you can't even jump to from like the upper yes. level. Because there's an invisible wall. Yes. I, I'm glad that you brought that one up because it made me so angry when I got to it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is not what anyone playing Sonic would ever do. The only reason I even went for it was because you can see it in the air, but like me noticing it did not make it fun to stop all of my momentum and like literally walk down a fucking flight of stairs to grab a medal. <laughs> While in like a night stage, it's like, ooh, I'm gonna do some exploring because there's only ways to go and because that's what the gameplay wants you to do. Yeah. In night stages, it totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so I think it should really be in the day stages, you get medals for how you how well you do in the stage, and in night stages, you get medals for exploration because that's yeah. what night stages kind of feel like they're built for. Well, and the other problem for it with me is that you get like 32 of them in one stage. <laughs> Like, they are all over the place. There's, like, five in a day stage and then 20 in a night stage. There's more than five in some day stages. There's, like, five moon ones and then three more day ones. That's true. Or sun ones. It does feel weighted disproportionately for night stages. Like, significantly. Yeah, that's true. There are usually more in a night stage, but I think that's more due to length and not density. Yeah. Like, the density is probably the same between the two. It's just that <laughs> night stages take longer. That's true. But there's also at least four emeralds in... Emeralds? <laughs> Jesus. There are at least four medals in each of the, like, cities. Not the entrance stages, but just the NPC walk-around areas. There are two in the night version and two in the day version, which means that you'll have to load in a separate version of the level to get all four if you want to, you know, just grab them in one go. And also, they're just kind of lying around. It's not even, like, interesting to find them usually. Yeah, they're just there. Like, most of the time, they're not hidden. They're just in a spot you would have to turn the camera to see. Yeah, and it, there aren't usually fun puzzles. Like, in the entrance stages, there are medals as well, and some of those have fun puzzles to do. And they make you make use of your abilities the way that the original Sonic Adventure did to grab some, you know, hidden emblems around the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think those are bad, but it's just, they're so all over the place in this game and you need to grab so many of them that it just feels like a chore mm -hmm. and the reward is not there's not really a reward for them they're just required for progress in the game yet yeah, in order to unlock the next story required stage to progress the game you need to collect enough sun medals and moon medals but it doesn't seem to me like there's a difference in how the two of them are like hidden it's just kind of like well, there's 10 sun and 5 moon medals in this stage, and they're both hidden exactly the same way. Yeah. So I guess I'll just hope the next medal I find is a sun medal, because that's what I'm missing. And there's always uh, more sun medals in night stages and more moon medals in day stages. Yeah, that's just like the previous game. You got moon yeah. medals for... Yeah. But I kind of wish they went a step further and made it exclusively sun and exclusively moon. 
Because at least, because right. then you can be like, oh, I'm way behind in this mode, so I need to focus on this mode exclusively. I guess. I think that. Then the again, thing that... it would force you to play night stages, so never mind. <laughs> That's what I was going to say was that, like, if you are a player who prefers one style of gameplay and you just want to kind of bash your way through the other, whichever one it is, I can imagine that there are actually people who enjoy the night stages more than the day stages. Yeah. I'm kind of getting there. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, if you want to be like that kind of person, then it's nice that you can grab some moon medals in the night stages and some sun medals in the day stages. Yeah. And then you can pad the rest of your inventory with the ones that are just kind of like sitting in the recycling bin or, you know, just next to the hot dog sand man who's like, hey, I found this. <laughs> Chip you- just like has one that he didn't tell you about. <laughs> you can also find artwork and music and things like that the same way you could in the SD version. Yeah. Yeah. Except they're like they have their own individual models and in art capsule. Oh, I should mention in this game there are shops in all the towns. Oh yeah. Yeah. And maybe we'll get to some of that in the side content stuff. But one of the things you can buy in the shops are uh, artwork and music and things like that. So some of them you're just like, yeah, instead of finding them, I'll just pay for them. Yeah, which it makes rings important, which I'm always in. For. Yeah, I'm always down to get some rings have value i do like the value rings have because i was always like i want more rings yeah i will say though that both versions like of this game's gameplay are terrible about letting you just fall off and then lose all of your rings because you fell down a pit and i hate that yeah i hate it so much oh it sucks it's like it's like sonic adventure 2's problem that it has with some levels where later on you don't want to worry about rings because you'll know that you'll just be dropping all of them anyway. Yeah. Because, like, when you get shot, you lose all of your rings in a Tails or Eggman stage, and it's just super demotivating for picking those up. <laughs> no, you can pick up 20 of the rings you dropped. Yeah, and then get shot again because you're spending time picking them up instead of dealing with the enemies that are shooting you for no real reason. Yeah. I'm still of the mind that enemies in a 3D Sonic game should not have projectiles at all. Yeah. I think they need to be large and slow. I think that it... That actually, to me, sounds worse because that makes it even harder to homing attack. Oh, that's true. Like, homing attacking is so important, and it's just annoying to try and manipulate all of those variables of, like, oh, is their projectile going to do this when I jump, and are they going to shoot while I'm in mid-homing attack? Because the homing attack is not fast enough to, yeah, you know, negate that possibility. But that's just me. I, I can understand why you are like, get good, if you said that to me. <laughs> I would understand where you were coming from. I'd be, I'd be interested to see it, but I'm not willing to commit to that being objectively the right call. Go play Chunan Day, and we'll see where you, where you oh stand God. at that. Oh, yeah, those those got the missiles. It's interesting, because Chunan is in both versions where I feel like the difficulty curve makes the game annoying. Like, it's officially an annoying territory. Chunan Night in SD, for sure. Chunan Day in SD, I was fine with. Yeah. Chunan Day in HD is... The, maybe the worst Sonic level I've ever played. <laughs> I really like it, though. I like it visually. Yeah. The music is great. That's one thing that we need to make sure that we put forward is that the the music of the previous game and the visuals are amazing, and this game has the same music. Yeah. I mean, if you, I don't know if you've ever watched the, the series on YouTube called Low Poly. Sonic's model in that game has, like, the most polygons, like, compared to even generations, which is baffling. Yeah. Which shows that they put a lot of care into this game. Yeah. It's also because the camera is panned in so close and they didn't do that thing they did in Heroes where they just didn't care that the camera was panned in close. Sonic is designed <laughs> to have a close-up view of him. Yeah. Especially his Werehog. And I like seeing details. 
in Sonic games, like I always like doing in Sonic Adventure 2, and this one is no different. Like sometimes, if you're on a day stage and you stop, you might see a NPC wave at you. Or yeah. in other cases, you just run into them because they're in the <laughs> middle of the stage for some reason. Yeah, the world was more populated than it was in SD. That's one thing I'll give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels much more like a place to be rather than just a thing that the video game is taking place in. Yeah. In a later stage, I think you actually uh, like dash through a market and there's like a lot of, a lot of people in there. <laughs> there are a couple of times where you can dash through tables and food stalls and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But this one's like a whole bazaar. Uh, I have a question for you guys about the night stages. This is a very surface level question, so we'll talk about the actual night stage later. Do you guys prefer the standard definition awu at the start of the level, or do you prefer the HD ha at the start? Awu is way better. Oh. I also feel awu is better. It to me helps like separate Sonic from Werehog better. Well, it's especially interesting because when I was playing the SD version, every time he howled, I was like, this is a, ah, ooh. But then whenever he said a ha in the HD, I was like, I'm missing. Where's the awoo? Where's the awoo? There was supposed to be an earth shattering awoo. <laughs> I was always into the awoo. I was like, yeah, let's kill some people. <laughs> he, he like, he goes ha and he like throws his fists down, but they don't hit the ground. So I'm like, yeah. what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think hyperbolic werewolf Sonic is, like, something I'm into. Kind of like Shadow the Hedgehog with a gun, or later we'll find <laughs> Sonic with a sword. Yeah. Hyperbolic werehog chamber. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so let's talk about the day stages. We've only, been, we've only been talking for 35 minutes. Let's talk about the day stages now. <laughs> day stages. They're bright, they're beautiful, they're fast and you can increase that speed with the right upgrades does that increase increase your max speed or does it increase your acceleration because i was confused about that i i actually don't know (laughs) i feel like it definitely increases your max speed but that to me i hate that because then that means that there's even less of a reason to try on early levels yeah you can't get very high scores at first at all like because you don't have any of your abilities and you don't have good access to boost meter and also, this game's day stages, to me, feel like Sonic 2 stages, where, for the first first time in years in a 3D Sonic game, there are just spike walls? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Why do we bring spike walls back? Why was that the innovation that Sonic needed? There are definitely a lot of bits where it's like, okay, well, now you're not allowed to go fast anymore because you need to react to things. Okay, now it's okay to go fast, but you don't have to react to anything. It's so stupid because this game has the boost meter that you hold instead of the boost stocks from the previous game so like you never want to stop holding it right yeah right absolutely i like it but there are so many like spike logs and i like the concept of holding the boost meter oh yeah i think that's a fine idea but this game in particular puts like platforms above bottomless pits and it has spike logs that will just hurt you if you're running too fast and it Mm -hmm. even has these little annoying ledges that sonic will just trip over like he doesn't even stop (laughs) he just kind of like almost falls like face plants yeah he like kicks it with his like toe and he and he's he like, stumbles oh, shit. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> it's like so annoying because it it's clearly just there to piss you off <laughs> like they're so hard to see because they're short yeah if they were full-on walls it would be like oh you're supposed to jump here but they look like something you could just step over but then Sonic does this yeah. dumb Ugh. it's too fast like if you upgrade to max speed you're not seeing them like it's no. over there's no way to... You just have to like memorize. You just have to memorize it. It's like yeah. you, you have to speedrun it. 
And I hate that because this game isn't encouraging to memorize either because there's no reward for getting an S rank. Yeah, all the rewards are explore the level and to that effect play it slowly. Yeah, which brings me to my next huge thing I hate about this game is that it's really hard to backtrack in both versions, both night and day. Yeah. Yeah. But in day, you'll like see a medal and it seems like they even have the camera pull out and they're like, hey, see this here? And then they'll put you in a checkpoint and then there's just an invisible wall behind you and it's like, what the? Going backwards <laughs> is agonizing. It's so, it's like impossible frequently. The mechanics of the game make it seem like you would want to be boosting as much as possible and trying to just go as fast as possible because the game lets you get going really fast but it frequently punishes you for that and then also all of the actual things that you get rewarded for in the stage are rings which are easy to lose if you're going too fast and items which are hard to find if you're going too fast and there's no reward at all to incentivize actually beating the level quickly so it's like the design and then the, the design of your character mechanics and then the design of the reward systems are completely incongruous with each other yeah in a way that just offends me. And Charlie, I think that you said that you weren't super into the day stages from the previous game, right? No. But like, would you agree that their design makes way more sense? I mean, I don't remember them that much. To me, they feel just like stages from a racing game. Like it's like F-Zero, but with jumping. I'm really upset that I feel like I don't play them enough. Yeah, just because there know? aren't that many. Yeah, no, I feel that. So I'm inclined to like the day stages here just a bit more. Because there's more of them? Yeah. Or at least there's not as much night. I mean, the night stages still feel like they take too long because they're slow. There's there's more day content, because even if you're not playing the day stage, you can walk around the town as day Sonic. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. But I don't ever want to, because it feels like I'm being punished for having too much fun all the time. It's like every single thing that you do is a slap on the wrist in this game. Yeah. And then when you get to the later stage, we've talked about Chunon a little bit already, but there is a segment in that stage where you have to... Actually, okay, there are several segments where you have to jump on these spinning platforms that are just not quite big enough, so it's precision platforming in a Sonic game. It's precision platforming in a day stage. It's, like, so weird. Yeah, and it's, like, three axes to screw up on instead of just the two from older Sonic games where precision platforming is still annoying. Yeah. He's so slippery. Yeah, he's super slippery. He, well, he builds up momentum so fast. Like, and that makes the stomp really bad, because sometimes you'll get this, like, kind of small button that you need to press on to open a gate. Oh, man. And he'll just, like, slide a little when he stomps. It's not like the bounce attack where, you know, you're in a specific spot, and you'll only move if you choose to move yourself forward. Yeah, or the stomp from the standard definition version, which always halts your momentum. Mm. I think it definitely should halt your momentum. Because it's, like... The, the only reason I use it is to hit buttons, which I kind of also think the buttons are annoying and pointless, but they're usually in the entrance stages and not in the actual stages, the gameplay stages. So I'll give them a little bit of forgiveness on that. Yeah. But the only reason I want to stomp is to just stomp onto a spring or a dash pad. So I don't need momentum for those things because they'll give me the momentum back by just hitting the object. So it's weird that you do this weird drifty slidey attack thing that more often than not just sends you off a platform. It would be nice to have a button that says, okay, I'm in the air, I don't want to be in the air, and I do not want to be moving anymore. But all they do is say, okay, you're not in the air anymore, and you have fallen <laughs> to your death. Also, if you accidentally hit the square button instead of the circle button, oops, you just <laughs> launched 3,000 feet from any safe platform that you had. 
So there are these rotating platforms, and that's already enough to be super annoying. But then they put enemies in these rotating platforms that can shoot you. But those enemies are at a height where you can jump and kill them. So that's okay. It's slow like moving missiles, by the way. Yes, they have the slow moving missiles that just create a wall of no homing attack. But because the platforms are spinning, it's actually pretty easy to avoid the missiles anyway. So I'm not too harsh on that. But they encourage you to kill these enemies instead of actually using the platforms. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They teach you that you have this obstacle, and then they show you that you just need to avoid it. And I like that kind of thing, because there's some design like that in the original Sonic where if you were going fast enough, you could avoid obstacles altogether. And then that's exploitability by design, which I'm all for. But then, in the third segment where there are rotating platforms that you have to jump across, the platforms are now half circles instead of full circles, so it's very easy to just slip and fall to your death, like Charlie mentioned before. And there are also enemies in these platforms that you cannot attack anymore because you just don't get a chance to jump high enough to homing attack them. So you're just getting missiles shot at you from these guys that you can't kill, and there's horrible like waiting for these asynchronous patterns because you have to wait until your platform is close enough to the next platform you need to get to. And then that platform has rolling spike logs on it and another robot that you cannot kill that is shooting missiles. So you're getting missiles coming at you from two different directions and there are three rolling spike logs on these rotating platforms and Sonic is slippery as fuck. It sucks. And you also, at this point, have gotten the upgrade that makes it so that you can boost in midair, which means that you cannot homing attack to move somewhere and then drop afterwards. Now all you can do is boost in midair. So if you try to, like, adjust your precision <laughs> platforming at all, you just get launched into the ocean. And I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Honestly, I think the, the biggest problem is seriously that there is, like, any minor mistake results in death. Yes. In both the day stage and night stage platforming, and the this is also true of the standard definition version, but the checkpoints in that are way more forgiving, generally. Yeah, also there are fewer platforming segments in that one that aren't based on using the grab mechanic, and I think the grab mechanic fixes most of the problems I have. With, I, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, with the platforming. But in this one, as soon as you get to Junan, there's a bunch of platforming where you just don't get to grab. Yeah, it's just precision platforming. Yeah, and it sucks hard. And also the camera is way wonkier in this game for the Night Sages. Like, if you if you play Sonic 3, right, which doesn't have that much precision platforming, it has some, but very rarely are there bits where if you fall, you fall into a pit and die. Most of the yeah. time there's a ground, and there are things on the ground that you do not want to touch, so you want right. to avoid being down there. It's the original Sonic design of there is the top area where there are very few obstacles, but it's easy to fall. There's the middle area where it's not too easy to fall, but there are plenty of obstacles for a classic platformer. And then the bottom area where you usually won't be falling, and if you do, it's into spikes, but there are tons of enemies, so you want to get out of there as soon as possible. Yeah, and, and this game, when it doesn't have multiple paths, and usually all its multiple paths choke, choke point at a checkpoint. Wow. <laughs> And those checkpoints are a lot of the time where the precision platforming starts. And yeah. if you fall, you're just dead. It's, And you don't get a lot of lives, because this game also did away with, I think it's the most minute change, yeah. but it's very important. This game did away with the live system from the standard definition version where if you have three lives, you will always have three lives at the start of whatever stage you do, no matter what, and then you can increase that max. In this game, you go back to the original system where you can pick up 
lives out of capsules, and then you can also get lives for 100 rings. But it's very rare that you'll get 100 rings in this game without taking a hit. And then, you know, it's possible to farm lives if you want to, but you'll frequently need, like, at least a dozen lives for a night stage because of how easy it is to just fall off and die. Yeah. And then you have to farm back up every time you want to go into a night stage. <laughs> it's it's very... Fr and also, if you do the Act 3 stages, those are often very, like, press the right button at the right time or die instantly. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, that's the other big thing is that quick uh, quick time events are back in full force oh, for this God. game. They're way worse in this game. I I want to be honest with you. I got like so used to them that I've just kind of <laughs> I'm definitely more used to them, but they they so suck. I'm better why, at them now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's what I'm getting at. Like I used to hate that there were quick time events involved in the enemies and the night stages and the bosses, but now I'm just like, okay, I can do it. Because I think the way it works with enemies, like, when you want to do, like, a critical attack, the lower the health is when you do it, I think the more, the longer a window time you get. That is galaxy brain. I did not notice that at all. If that's true, you're... See, your... I'm not sure that's true. I think, and, and like, I don't, I don't have evidence to support this, but I think the <laughs> way it is is that the timer gets longer the worse you are. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, that to me doesn't make sense because in my experience, the thing I thought it was was that the game was just lagging for me sometimes <laughs> and that made the timer easier to use. No, it definitely something changes how much how much time it is. And that's like intentional. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was how much HP they had. Also, I think you only press circle and X for the critical attack. That is for the dark Gaia enemies. The robots can have you press square and triangle. Okay, I've never done on the robots. And the bosses can have you press L1 and R1. I wanted to kill someone. You we were trying to kill the bosses. And the windows are decently long enough for those ones, I guess. The windows for the bosses aren't too bad. I don't think I ever actually screwed one up on a boss. But when I see the, the <laughs> L1 and R1 buttons look the same. On oh, yeah. The reason that the face buttons are what you do for for QuickTime events is because they have very noticeable colors and if you're used to playing Sony games I like yeah. when I see square I know which one to hit yeah I don't know why they do that it's even worse for like left handed people yeah or dyslexia yeah or people with dyslexia absolutely it's fucked up like I can always tell you where the triangle is and where the O is and where the square is but when you say L1 and I'm panicking and you have L1 L1 R1 I'm like stop <laughs> it's rough it's terrible it's horrible so night stages right there's now a dedicated run button as opposed to double tap, which I do think is an improvement. Yeah, it's a small one, but it's definitely less annoying. And instead of, I mean, probably on the on the PlayStation One, this or PlayStation Two. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this feels less significant, but instead of a left punch, right punch, it's like a jab and hook. Yeah, it's a jab and hook, and it's like an area of effect versus focus and more damage. That's actually still how it w was yeah. in the original game, but you, it's like. The feel is better on the PS2 than the Wii, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot more combo-focused in this because on the Wii version, it's like whatever button you start with, as long as you alternate, that determines what your combo is. And in this... Although you don't even need to alternate. You can just mash square and it's the same thing. Yeah. And in this, it's like, hey, if you hit square, square, triangle, it's different from if you hit square, square, square. Yeah, you can interrupt your combos and it actually changes the flow, and there are way more animations in this game than there were in the previous one. Oh, yeah. I will say, though, ultimately, I don't think the animations heavily impact the way you interact in combat. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, it's largely, do you want to put an enemy in the air, which you can do in both? <laughs> do you want to throw enemies at enemies, which you can do in both? Or do you want to just mash it out, which you can do in both? Do you want to throw a robot? There is there is one thing, which is, uh, <sighs> if enemies are blocking, I don't know if you, if you guys figured this out, but if you hit, like, square, square, X, or triangle, triangle, X, you can just be like, screw you, you're not blocking anymore. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, do you know what that move's called? Uh, <laughs> what is it called? It's called the Show Hog Ken. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's that's good. Also, something kind of cool is that if you you can grab like smaller enemies. Yeah. You can grab two small enemies too. <laughs> Huge yeah. improvement. If you press square, you just kind of bash their heads into each other. And triangle, you can like swing them around like lariat style. Yeah. Yeah and, like, deal area of effect damage. It's really cool. I'm very impressed by the combat. Also, yeah. the, the upgrade system, I think, is an improvement instead of, like, all your points go to the next mm. upgrade. You get to choose what your next upgrade is by choosing which yeah. thing you put experience points into. Mm -hmm. I think that I would agree if this didn't allow for the possibility of someone to just want to unlock all the cool moves and choose to ignore the other stats. <laughs> Because I was having such trouble at the beginning, I was very tempted to just pour absolutely everything into life. Yeah. I put everything into offense. I don't think that, like, this isn't like an RPG, right, where your stats all interact with battle the same way, kind of. Like, you can do a build that's even, or you can do a build that's strength-focused. No matter what, you'll have a nice route to beat the enemy. Yeah. In this case, I got to a point where I didn't have enough life, and I hadn't unlocked any of the really good moves. And I was just kind of getting, like, bopped by the room full of eight robots that they have at the end of the Mazuri night stage. Yeah. And I'm not bad at combat games. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the other thing, right, is that if you get to blocking enemies and you don't have the Shohagen, like, you're just gonna have to, like... <laughs> you're just gonna have to brute force your way through it, which is not You just fun. have to wait. Yeah. Also, like, blocking yourself in this game kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. Because there's like a blocking meter, and it's like stock-based, and a lot of enemies can just immediately break your block, so there's kind of no point in using it, because using it on small enemies is silly. You should just attack them instead of waiting for them. Yeah. And then using it on the big ones, they break it before it's worth using. So most of what you find yourself doing is dodging, if anything, and then other than that, just trying to stay in the air, because a lot of enemies don't have anti-air moves. Yeah. Whereas blocking in the previous game was super useful for fighting certain bosses and stuff like that. I will say what I do appreciate about the the upgrade system is that like it takes a certain amount of EXP bars is sort of the, the unit of measurement in order to upgrade a thing. And each time you upgrade it, the next upgrade gets more expensive, but the, the other categories stay the same cost. So if, if your life is really low, you can be like, all right, I'll spend four EXP to increase my life twice because I've never done it before. Yeah, but a huge problem I have with that is that I didn't actually find myself getting that much more experience in later levels. Yeah. It was more just the got longer kind of. So you, by the end, you have more experience, but it's still the same amount of time. So it's not like, you know, in again, an RPG where this level up system comes from, you know, you're getting a level every 10 minutes roughly if the game is designed like that mm -hmm. and it'll take a little bit longer to get to level 10 than it would to get to level 2 but usually not by much and then increasing your lower stats has like a percentage based effect the same way it does here where if you have one attack and 10 magic getting one more magic is not going to be that big of a difference but later on when you're at level 11 and you get that second attack you've just doubled your damage output for physical attacks yeah in this case it's like getting 
getting a new attack at a certain point takes just beating three full stages. <laughs> so it just gets super grindy. Yeah, that's that's extremely true. The other thing that I will say is that collecting experience is a pain. Yeah, it's so annoying. I hate it. I love the standard definition version goes, hey, Dark Gaia energy, it just goes inside you, baby. Sorry, let me give that a second take. Dark Gaia energy, it just, like, comes to you, so you don't need to collect it. You changed your, like, weird, I decided that it was not good, and but I... But then you also said the word comes in the second take. <laughs> what? I'll leave it up to you, the editor, which one to keep, or maybe it's keep all, both of them. They're both staying in. Okay. They are very much so both staying in. <laughs> Give me, give me a moment to emotionally recover. I would be more okay with the having to collect your little pellets if your range for collecting them was bigger or if that was something that you could improve. Because if there was a thing that allowed me to improve the range at which I could grab experience, I would have been pouring my energy into that instead of the learning new attacks right away. <laughs> well, the other thing, right, is that first enemies have to go through their dying animation which takes a yeah. very long time, and you can punch them to interrupt it, which is even more annoying for enemies whose HP you can't see. I think that's actually kind of good, though, because you can kill a bunch of enemies early and then attack more of them, and they all die at once instead of dying one by one, and then you have to collect energy every time someone... Or not energy, but EXP every time someone dies. That's true. I said someone dies. Huh? <laughs> but it's, it's just really annoying to collect the, the... They're not orbs, they're like sim diamonds, but yellow. The term for that, by the way, is a plum bob. A plum bob? That is the Sim-specific term for okay. the floating icon. Of it. I it's see, called a plum I bob. see. So you got some yellow plum bobs that you've got to walk into. <laughs> it's a good word. <laughs> it is a good word. I'm using it forever now. But it just, it it really, it should just come towards you. You, you deserve it. You earned it. You already killed the robot. Why do you have to do more work to get them? Yeah, it's another mechanic that's kind of incongruous with the gameplay mechanics and the design mechanics because you should be encouraged to just rip through stuff and punch things as much as possible and be a werehog about it. Yeah. But you kind of have to like stop and clean up <laughs> every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, you really do have to. Like, it's like a chore. It's so a chore. Everything in this game is a chore. <laughs> like, everything in this game is a chore. That's true. Because you have to like go into a level and like clean it look for all the crap on the floor and like pick it up so your mom doesn't yell at you and then you have to go and tell <laughs> professor pickle about it so that he knows to put it on his fucking chore sheet and then he's like all right now go to holoska yeah. and you go to holoska for one level and then you have to tell mr and pickle then you tell about mr it. pickle that you shot on the floor you yeah exactly and then literally, mr pickle's like here's a camera you have to talk to <laughs> professor pickle after every single mission dude if tails farts you gotta make sure that that goes down in mr pickle's journal you gotta about make it. sure pickle knows about the fart it sucks yeah, exactly Sorry, we talked about the quick time events in the night stage. We didn't talk about the day stages, did we? Oh, yeah. I think we mentioned in the previous episode that there are occasionally areas where you have to, like, jump over a gap and there will be a quick time event. Yeah, certain ramps trigger them, and then they have those panels from uh, Sonic Adventure, but you have to press a certain button for them instead of just hitting A. Those are generally better than the night stages quick time events. They're still not ideal. I think they're worse because they're infrequent, so you're not expecting them. That's true. Yeah. yeah. They do give you more generous time frames, though. Yeah. But yeah. They, they also have L1 and R1, and I hate it. You shouldn't have L1 and R1. You shouldn't do that. It's cruel. Like, not only is it harder because those buttons look the exact same, and they don't really highlight the L or the R. 
Yeah. In fact, if it just said L or R, I'd be a little more okay with it. But it says L1 and R1, so they look super similar. And then also, that's six buttons that have a chance to appear in the mix. Like, what the hell? Yeah. It's, it's rough stuff. It's hard. I will say the grab mechanics for grabbing ledges in in the HD version did not have the problem the SD version had where I felt like I was going to die every time I grabbed something. To me, they felt the exact same. I just always held the button and it always worked. It was in the standard definition. It was always I hit the button and then I continue to fall while Sonic considers grabbing it and then finally grabs it. Whereas in this, I hit the button and he grabs it immediately. Yeah, but that's cool because you get to do a dull seam thing where you like go somewhere else and then your arm whips way across the like it looks way cooler to me it's like if Dalsim wanted to die a little bit i don't like it uh, i don't like I don't... it <laughs> he doesn't want to okay anyway it the thing the fact of the matter is that what you're talking about is not a mechanical issue it's just like a visual thing it's yeah, like a conveyance it's thing. like an animation thing you have like this weird anxiety about games sometimes that i think <laughs> punishes you <laughs> in certain ways that the player is not meant to be punished yeah because to me, it just, they both always worked. I never died because I was trying to grab onto something and Sonic chose not to. Mm -hmm. That never happened in either game. So I don't think it's like an improvement. Like, I guess objectively, I'd say. Yeah. Whereas like certain things are like the presence of more moves is certainly an improvement over the previous. I, I do think all the platforming mechanics are pretty much the same aside from like grabbing is faster in this game. And also there are certain types of things where you have to balance as you walk across it. Yeah. And that's, it's weird. So what's interesting about that is number one, it sucks. But number two, <laughs> you can jump and then just move at normal speed while you're in the air and then land on it and then continue jumping. Yeah. It's kind of fun to exploit by design, if you will. But number three, the first couple times you run into it, like the first couple stages you're running into it, if you fall, you're now holding on to that ledge. Ooh, that's actually not quite true. I think the exact first time that you run into it, if you fall, you die immediately because it is above a pool that you, like, can't exist in. Sonic is weak to water in this game. <laughs> Sonic's weak to water in every 3D game, except for Adventure 1. Uh, oh, and Sonic Colors. <laughs> But that's a 2D game. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't Colors like mostly 2D and then the lanes gameplay? But like, most of the time in the early game, if you fall, you're you're just hanging on to the ledge and you can climb back up and then fall again, yeah. because you will. But it's weird, because the first time they show it to you, you can die immediately, so you're scared of the rest of them. It, it sucks, and then after a while, they're just like, no, you can't grab onto it anymore. And also, we've decided that the camera angle will be weird. So you will not, like, forward will not be straight up, and if you hold forward, you will die. Yeah, and it'll gently shift as you're doing it, so you have to adjust, and you have no control over the camera frequently. Yeah. I'd say that the camera is much, much worse in this version. Absolutely. Maybe not for the day stages, I think for the day stages they're about the same, but for the night stages, the camera is your worst enemy, and you cannot defeat it. So, did you guys experience this bit where you were playing the game, and the game goes, hold on a second, we have a micro cutscene to play, and during this micro cutscene, you can control the camera insofar that you can, like, make it look radically to the left, right, up, or down. And you just will do that because you're trying to control the camera when the cutscene starts. So there are two other games that I'm aware of that have this kind of feature. And I'm sure it's in more than just those two. But they are vastly different from Sonic Unleashed. It is Metal Gear Solid. Some of them <laughs> yeah. allow you to do this. And Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball has this mechanic as well. 
for very different reasons from Sonic, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I know, I know Metal Gear Solid uh, lets you hit a button to zoom in the camera. And, oh, like, yeah, you can also, like, angle it as well. That's fun to do, because somebody will, like, say something dramatically, and then Snake repeats everything that somebody says. Like, the, the important three words he repeats. So you, yeah. when he's doing that, you can zoom the camera in for dramatic effect. Yeah, you can just, like, pan it into their crouches the whole time, and it's like their crouches that's, are talking. Yeah, I guess that's, that's an interpretation of what I said. I'm pretty sure that's how Hideo Kojima intended it. That's definitely true. Uh, <laughs> but in this, it's like... Oh yeah, you were trying to control the camera. You still can, but it's just pointing at something else. And it's because you're controlling the camera, it's pointing at nothing. I don't remember that happening a whole ton. It's not super annoying, except for the fact that a lot of the time, I'm like, can I please play the video game? And the game is like, no. I mean, that's just cutscenes in general. I think both the SD and HD versions are really annoying about pausing the game to show you a thing Especially with the enemies in Night Stages. Yeah. It just, every time you know, there's a new encounter, it's like, hey, here are these enemies that you fought 14 times. <laughs> Make sure you look at them. Like, we don't we don't need to pause the game to see them spawn. It's enough for you to start the same combat music every single time. Yeah. I think that the only other thing I want to mention about these Night Stages is that they are a lot less tunnel-esque, I guess. Like, you're still always going from point A to point B, and there is occasionally a tiny diverging path for secrets, which mm -hmm. is the same for both games. Yeah. But in this case, there are a lot more big, open arena areas. Yeah. And part of me likes that because it's pro-combat, and it allows you to sort of expand the range that you can do things, so you can try and play a keep-away game with the enemy, which is interesting. But they also hide little goodies in all the corners like there are medals in places and then there are also the i guess like collectible secrets like movies and art and stuff like that but you frequently just find yourself like going around the perimeter of a room twice just to make sure you have it and that's not fun but you feel like you have to because the medals are required for progression yeah and so again it just becomes a chore where you're like all right kill all the enemies and then walk around in a circle kill all the enemies and then walk around in a circle and it's, I don't know, it's just something about it isn't perfect. It's definitely much better than in the day stages, where you find yourself running in a straight line, stopping, taking a walk down the stairs and grabbing the metal, and then accidentally falling to your death and then having to replay the level again. Yeah. But it still feels a little wonky that there's just so much to find in every level. I'm still so hung up on the metals being required to make progress, because in the SD version, you don't need anything to make progress but to clear stages, but the medals yeah. give you more lives and thus make the game less punishing. Yeah, and it makes it feel more like fun than a chore, because yeah. the game isn't demanding that you do it. The game is like, here's a fun thing. Deal with it if you want, and when you're bored, you don't have to. Yeah. And the stuff you get for them is cool, too, because, it's again, it's secrets. It's silly extras, but in this case, the thing you get is to play more Sonic Unleashed, which I don't know if that's what I want in life. <laughs> So the next and I think pretty much final thing we have to cover about the gameplay here is the side content, which kind of encompasses a couple different things. The first of which that I'll talk about is the souvenir system. So as Isaiah mentioned, in each area there is a shop. Most of them. Isaiah has made me brutally aware of something <laughs> that I was trying desperately to ignore in the chat. We have I a Discord that we record this on. completely forgot 
that there are stages where you're flying in Tails' tornado, like in Sonic Adventure 1, but unlike in Sonic Adventure 1, you cannot move the tornado. And it's typing of the dead. It's so fucking <laughs> it's, hilarious. It's all just quick time event. Yeah, it is literally typing. It's of typing the dead. of the dead, but you can only use the A, B, X, and Y keys. Yeah. Yeah. Like calling it quick time events makes it sound shitty. Calling it typing of the dead makes it sound hilarious and fun. That's true. It, it's not quite fun, but it is. It's almost fun. Typing of the dead is not quite fun, but it's like hilarious and fun. Tales mm. of the mm. dead. Yeah, tales of the dead. Tornado of the dead. Typing of the tales. Tornado of the Dead over Fox. Got it. Nice. Over Fox 2. <laughs> for, the, for the Wii. <laughs> for, for the Wii. Oh. <laughs> no, this one's for the PS3. The first one was for the Wii. Yeah, it's so funny. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. Uh, that's, that pretty much, that's pretty much everything that we have to say about that. Yeah, it's just typing. It's, there's like two of them, right? I think there's three. Okay, that would make sense. There's two in Sonic Adventure, so I just thought. Does one of them take you into space? Probably not. Ah, sad. All right. They're all right. They're not good. They're not bad. You play them once, you never look back. They actually remind me of the ship minigame from Lunar Nights more than from the Sonic Adventure ship minigame. I, yeah, I could see that. I think it's just kind of a different beast in general. My favorite part was that I did not have to steer. Yeah. It was... It's- just quick time events it's just the game that's the it's game. typing of the dead don't call it quick t- <laughs> there, there are too many quick time events already we're gonna call it typing of the dead and make it sound good because it's right. also not like you have to hit them in time it's you have to choose the order in which you hit them because you can shoot bombs out of the air and stuff like that and there yeah. are certain enemies that don't pose a threat so there's kind of a unique strategy to it yeah, that's like, it you have to hit bombs before they get to you but also if there are multiple x buttons on the screen at once then like you will shoot them in the order they came. So there, there is some kind of decision-making structure going on. Yeah, it's also closer to a rhythm game in that you don't have to focus on anything besides it. Yeah. I, I think it's probably my favorite of the quote-unquote quick time events from this game. I it's just this many. tentatively agree. <laughs> Tentative, the favorite word. Tentative the in the league. way that I don't enjoy it. But I definitely enjoy it more than any other quick time event in the game. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that's that. That's the Tails Tornado levels. They're not great. They're not terrible. There are also souvenirs that you can purchase at each of the shops in each of the major locations in the game. So, for example, you can buy a flag for the, you know, the town or the city or whatever. It's the city flag, not the country flag, right? Yes. It's like the flag of the city of Spagonia in the continent of First Continent. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the continents don't have names, nor do the countries. It's just the cities. And then you can also buy, like, a commemorative photo of some of the highlights in the town. Or you can buy, like, a nice brooch. And if you take <laughs> these things and give them to Professor Pickle, he'll give you the medals that he's holding on to and not giving to you, even though you're trying to save the world. Well, he also just says, like, oh, you know, I don't know why you need this, but here you go. Yeah, he's, like, dumb as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, it, is it any worse than like the in you, Super Mario Sunshine where the residents are holding their so that's the thing. Country's the light supply. The residents are holding on to you know their shine sprites, right? But to me, that makes sense because they're holding on to their little piece of light that they have left, and they don't want to give it to the horrible criminal that shit all over their town. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They're like, you got to do something nice for me in order for me to like be able to trust you with it. Yeah. 
So, in that case, <laughs> it's understandable that they'll withhold some things. And then in Banjo, like, everyone is greedy and dumb, so it makes sense why they don't give you things until you help them. I guess I swallowed this. Here, you can have it. <laughs> always yes. boggy. It's always boggy that I think of. Oh, man. Why? But, like, Whoa. in here, Professor Pickle is, like, on Team Sonic. Not the development team, I don't I don't think. Yeah. yeah unless... Sonic Team. Unless... Now. <laughs> unless yeah. someone like so, you cares a whole awful lot. Special thanks to our Spagonia uh, consultant, Professor Pickle. <laughs> yes. I, can I just say real quick, my favorite character design thing is when somebody has so much eyebrow they don't have eyes. <laughs> Alright. You can say that. You have said it. Next. Yeah. So, when you give him enough of these souvenirs, <laughs> he'll give you medals, and he'll also give you helpful hints that aren't super helpful. And you can buy... I think like four souvenirs from every city or something like that and they don't all appear in the shop right away you have to do certain things I think it's mostly just progress to the end of the main storyline in that area that's probably about right the other things that you can buy at the store like Isaiah mentioned are collectibles in the Spagonia store specifically you can purchase the apparatus to actually view these collectibles because you don't get that right away like you do in the standard definition version you have to unlock like a bookshelf and a was it a gramophone it's yeah, not just a record player, right? Yeah, and uh, then also there's like... That was called something. Never mind, I don't know. Probably it's, like a, it's like a record player attached to a gramophone, yeah. I believe. But then there's there's a bookcase, a TV, a gramophone, and I think that's it. It's like three pieces of furniture. And it's kind of cool because they populate his actual office area, which you can go into in this game. And he's got these cool like bookshelves all around. And then there's a second tier to his office that's more bookshelves. And it looks really neat. And it's playing a good piano version of the game's main theme. Yeah, I actually really like that space. It just sucks that there's a loading screen between it and Spagonia. Oh, yeah. So you're very discouraged from going there. But you'll have to, because you have to talk to Professor Pickle every time you forget to eat your lunch. Also, sometimes when you talk to him, it has to be at a specific time of day. Oh, yeah, he's, like, not in his office at the daytime unless it's a different day. Yeah. Uh, like, he's... <laughs> what does he do? <laughs> He's a professor. Oh my god. Probably professor he teaches Pickle. classes. He's probably just eating cucumber sandwiches at Otto's place or whatever. Isn't Otto the name of the 89,000 year old man that like owns the entire city of Spagonia? Yeah, the dean of the university. Yeah. he's. Just, I think he's just supposed to be the dorm manager, but he's like, I've been the dorm manager for 80 years. This which guy, implies I love this the, guy. <laughs> Because he, number one, he's really stupid, and number two, you can just be like, if you're like, I don't know what to do next, you can just talk to him, and he's, he's like, oh, this is what you do next. He's <laughs> like, you can go to China now, shouldn't you go to China? And it's like, why would I go to China? <laughs> but then you go to China, like, and a cutscene plays, and you're like, yeah, it's like I was in the right place. He, how did he know? <laughs> you, I, I think the next place you gotta go is Eggman Land. <laughs> so Otto supposedly has been the door manager for 80 years. That seems like his job. I don't think that he's still a student and also, like, the dorm, like, like the student body dorm mm -hmm. guy. It would be weird if he was still a student after 80 years. Yeah, that implies to me that he had already graduated some kind of secondary education and had an in with the college to where he became the dorm manager. And that means that he would have had to have been, like, at least 21, 22. This man is at least 102 years old. And he's just standing on the street telling you about how you should go to Chunan sometimes. <laughs> Oh, man. You're right. Otto's amazing. What were you going to say, Isaiah? <laughs> uh, it, it should be mentioned that the standard definition version of the game is missing one entire continent. 
Yeah, Central City. Central City, the America allegory location. Uh, it's a, uh, called Empire City here. Empire oh. City, yeah. Oops. <laughs> well, it's like New York versus like Chicago, right? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to call Shadow the Hedgehog the equivalent of Transformers 3. Yes, I am. Always. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I support it. It definitely is the Transformers 3 of Sonic games. But yeah, I do think Empire City is definitely New York. Like, that's definitely what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't really have anything meaningful to say about that because we didn't play up to that point on this. Brenda and Boss both come from Empire City. Yeah. Uh, Boss is the worst character in any video game. Wow. (laughs) Look at him. He's just like, he's like the pinnacle of what's wrong with society. Oh, man. Can you show me a picture? Sonic Unleashed Boss. No, not bosses. Just boss. (laughs) Why do these guys... You guys are showing me, like, <laughs> large enemies you have to fight in order to progress through the game? That's obviously not what I want. He's just, like, in Spagonia complaining about things, and he, he his name is Boss, and next to his name is, an, is a fake American flag, and, like... Oh, yeah. It's just so funny to me. Something, something this game does that I think is cool is, as you play the game, more and more characters will go to other continents... Yeah, there are tourists, and there's a reporter, and there's this weird dude that has a puppet thing. I don't remember the that guy, and puppets. I do not wish to. He's the he's the last NPC in the entire NPC logbook. He's number 98. He does not come from a country. Oh. But they all have flags next to their name that is their country of origin, and it's sort of a cool bit of like, oh, hey, you're just traveling here because you can. That's pretty neat. Yeah, it's a good time. Also, yeah. there's another... Similar to the shop, there is an NPC that opens up a menu, but this guy is selling chili dogs because that's a thing that we need. In every city. It's called Don Faccio's, and he is a worldwide like franchise of dudes that all look the same. He's it's it's like Shadow Clones or something. <laughs> it's just like freaking Kage Bunshin no hot dog. I'm pretty sure he's even in Eggman Land, where there just is a robot for the regular store. Like, yeah. even in a land full of robots, he's there selling hot dogs to no one. But the bit here is that you can only purchase his hot dogs if you complete a Sonic stage with the right accolade. It's things like get 100 rings and beat it in a certain time and don't like hit enough enemies. Do hit enough enemies, not don't. And the the weird thing here is that, first of all, unlike in Sonic Adventure 2, as well as the standard definition version of this game, when you complete your goal, you still have to beat the level. So you have to get 100 rings, and then finish it with 100 rings without getting hit by any of the 13,000 obstacles that are just covered in spikes and spinning around at light speed. Yeah. And it's just like, if you get hit at all, you might as well quit. And if you fall off of the stage, you don't get to keep checkpoints. You just gotta start that shit over. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. And he asks you to do this, and if you win, you get a chili dog. You don't get medals or anything like that. You get a chili dog, and you can eat that chili dog for 70 experience, which is, you know, literally 70% of one bar for the experience system that works for both Day Sonic and the Werehog. It's not very rewarding. It's a kind of fun way to farm for rings if you want to not just play the regular stages over and over again. But here's the thing is that, number one, if you die, you don't, like, you don't get to keep any of the rings that yeah, you had. you gained absolutely nothing. And number two, 
every time you try the stage, you have to spend rings. Yeah, it's, is it 10 for each level, or is it just 10 flat? It's 10 for each level. Like, is it 20 rings for the level 2 version of the Get the Rings stage? Yes, I think it might actually get even more expensive than that. I think it might be 10, 50, like 120. That would be messed up. It would be, uh, which is why I'm not asserting it as fact. That is what I think it is. <laughs> I tried the hot dog missions a little bit, and I got frustrated because I died towards the end of the stage, which is the hardest part of the stage. And yeah, it's like, terrible. Yeah, I'm not trying that again. If you literally have checkpoints in these stages, I cross the checkpoints, I hear the doo-doo, and then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I get I get booted unless I pay another $4,000. <laughs> Unless I hand the video game 10 real USDs. I have to insert my credit card number in order to continue. <laughs> it's it's really bad. I like the idea of just this New Yorker hot dog salesman standing in the middle of the Arctic. Yeah. Like, he does. Wearing his dumb hat and, like, not a parka. <laughs> and it's close to being good. I think I like the idea of, like, yeah, you can try this challenge, but it costs money if you fail. Yeah, and, like, you get a fun item that isn't just medals. The fact that, like, accomplishing your goal doesn't end the stage is one thing, but the fact that checkpoints don't matter at all is totally, yeah. like, it just ruins it completely. And, like, you also don't get that much for winning. Like, you get the same thing every time you win. It's not, like, an item that you can give to the professor that, like, shows up in his room. It's not, like, a neat... I don't know, like, it's not cool anything, it's just like a hot dog that you can eat, and like, that yeah. is only novel the first time you do it, not <laughs> the 77,000 times that the game asks you to, because there are basically three tasks that you can complete as Day Sonic, and two tasks that you can complete as Night Sonic. There's survival missions where you don't get to heal at all during a night stage, which I actually thought was a kind of fun concept, but you don't get any rings during that whole task, so it's kind of pointless unless you want the chili dog. Yeah. And then there's also a time trial version of the night stages. So you've got get as many rings as possible, you've got a time trial version of the day stages, and you've got kill as many enemies as possible in the day stages. And then you've got beat a stage without ever being able to heal, and then you've got beat a stage in a certain time limit for the night stages. And then each of those can level up to three times, I think, right? Like, level three is the last one? I feel like that's true. So that's 15 missions per hub world. And then there's, what, eight hubs in this game? Yeah. But only seven of them actually have stages? No, I think they all have stages, because Apatos and Spagonia are part of the same continent, but they both have stages. Does Empire City have stages? Empire City definitely has stages. Okay, yeah, then there are eight, so it's a total of... Nine. Is it? Yeah, there's I nine. think there's seven like, countries plus Eggman land. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but then Apatos is also there. Eggman lands kind of like a sort of a gauntlet stage, I think, because you like switch like between day and night. Like there are hourglasses in the stage. I played I played the game as a kid, and it actually took one full hour of playtime to get through that stage after countless game overs that are not counted in that timer. It's like yeah. when Steven tried to play Mad Space. <laughs> like it it sucks. I'm sorry, Steven. It's Mad Space is the worst stage in any Sonic game. Except for maybe, maybe... Bad Hole Zone? Lost, bad lost hole Colony. Zone. No, lost, lost Colony is, like, bad, but it's whatever. But Bad Hole Zone is really bad, and then also that... What is it? Marble Zone from Sonic? <laughs> the yeah. The first Sonic? 
literally the second zone in Sonic 1. <laughs> it's like a toss-up between those three. That one from friggin' the Tails... What, what is the one where you can play as Tails, but it's not one of the Tails games for Game Gear? Is that Triple Trouble? Maybe? The water stage in Triple Trouble where you get caught in the bubbles and, like, it's just the worst fucking thing. <laughs> Wait, was it Triple Trouble? Or was it Sonic Blast? It's... I think it's Triple Trouble. Sonic Blast, the whole thing is garbage, but none of it is particularly <laughs> as garbage as this one stage from Triple Trouble where you can play as the Sea Fox. Yeah. But that stage is bad. Okay, anyway, where I got lost in the history of bad Sonic stages. So there are around 80 to 100 missions. There are at least 100. There might be 100. 15 a, times 9? Yeah. Is That would be 90 plus 45, which would be 135. It's a lot. Right. And it takes you, and it takes rings to try. It takes rings to try, and it takes at least like three minutes minimum if you're like the master of Sonic the fucking Hedgehog to beat one of these missions. So that's just like if you're trying to complete this game, like good luck, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's rough. And then other than that, like the only side thing besides those is that if you get to a certain point in the game, the professor will give you a camera, which I don't know why it's a camera. It, it could be anything that produced light. But basically, you get to flash light on people who are getting all fucked up because it's nighttime, and Gaia has possessed them, and it literally says, like, exercise the Gaia's army or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, the word exercise is used. It's, it is an exorcism. <laughs> and it's just like a tiny little combat mission that actually takes place in the overworld hub, so it's really cool because you get to experience this environment in a completely different way than you're used to. There are no people around, and it's almost kind of like you're fighting in the mind of the person. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just neat little combat tests. I like them more than the hot dog missions because they're more concise. It's usually about, like, a minute and a half as opposed to the full three minutes of a level, and it's nothing but action. Sometimes it's just a few waves, but then there was the one in Spagonia that was, like, like five or something, but still is very easy. Yeah. That Spagonia one is probably, like, the first that you'll end up doing of the optional ones, and yeah. it's quite the little gauntlet. I had one in Haloska where I ran out of time because it's, cause it's timed, and I had one enemy left, and it was one of the little ones that you can knock out in three punches. <laughs> and it was like, do you want to try again? I was like, no, I do not want to try again. Hell no. <laughs> Did you guys ever unlock the move that is dash forward, jump, and then hit triangle? Uh, no. It's basically just... <laughs> you know Keepa's fang over fang technique from Naruto? <laughs> God damn it. If you're not familiar with that, you might also be aware of super moves like Maximum Spider from fighting games, where the guy just, like, bounces across the screen a lot. Maximum Wesker, or the one that I call it Maximum Wesker. Yeah, but basically Sonic turns into a drill and then just launches forward as fast as possible, and you're just like a bullet of pain, and you can kind of turn while you're doing it too, and it just messes up every single enemy. <laughs> Like, I could take down the medium-sized enemies in one shot with it, and I did not boost strength except for once, I think. It's just an insane move, and I, it, my entire strategy changed when I unlocked that move. <laughs> so while we're talking about moves, I do want to say the last two moves you unlock, I think this is the last two, uh, they're definitely late game, is just, what if you hit square four times and then triangle once, and you end up, like, doing a cartwheel for, like, ten seconds... And just walking into an enemy damages them. Yeah. 
I think I unlocked that one. It's not super late, but I think it's like level 12 or 13. And the other one, which is uh, four triangles in a square, is you end up doing like a like a ground. You like know, a, like just you just slam your hands into the ground a lot, like a child throwing a tantrum. Yeah, like DK's down B from Smash Bros. Well, it's not slapping; it's like fist pounding. Yeah, as a kid, those were always fun to execute, especially because as a kid, I didn't care about combos. I only cared about punching enemies and making them not be here anymore. And it was pretty effective at doing that. One last note about moves. Do you guys know? You know about the show Hog Ken, right? Yeah, the show Hog. <laughs> Only on TBS. Yeah, dude. Forward, quarter, <laughs> circle, forward, hedgehog. That's yeah. how you put it. That move is broken as fuck in this game. And I don't mean that it's really good for attacking. I mean that it makes you go a lot higher than jumps are supposed to. And you can cancel it into, oh. like, a midair attack. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it ends with a kick that moves you forward. So... You don't have to interact with a lot of the puzzles in <laughs> the night stages if you understand this and you unlock the moves early. I was able to skip entire Switch puzzles wow. by just <laughs> abusing this. Jeez. Oh, man. That's really good. It's very fun. And it's not, like, so broken that I was able to, like, get outside of the stage. I was able to occasionally slide out of the stage by doing critical attacks and it kind of pushes the enemy and sometimes you'll just push yourself clean through a wall and the game just kind of like pushes you back out when you're done. <laughs> it was like the weirdest thing. It wasn't the instantaneous snap that you get from some older games and it wasn't just like letting you free roam like some games do. It was just like, all right, you're done here. Please get back into the stage. <laughs> like, just a you. gentle nudge. Yeah. That's pretty good. I think that's all I've got to say about the game. I will say there are a couple missions that you can unlock by talking to NPCs, and they'll be like, hey, can you do this for me? And you can be like, yes. Oh, yeah, like find Milo? Yeah, you got to find Milo. He's at the top of a clock tower. I don't know how he got up there. There's a medal in that stage. They had the gall to put a medal in that stage. <laughs> There's just one sun medal in this random NPC's extra stage. Usually the NPC talking stages don't have that, but, like, friggin' Milo brought a medal with him to the top of Big Ben. I can't wrap my mind around why medals weren't a reward for clearing extra content. It's... I... Alright. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> or actually, no. We need to talk about one thing really quick. The music in this game is fantastic. Yeah. It, but it's not fantastic in the way that Sonic music is usually fantastic, because it's not dance music, you know? It yeah. is really good, like, atmospheric music, and then also that same combat music every 20 seconds. The day stage music it can be a little dancey sometimes. That's true. But the night stage music is this pleasant jazz, usually, and then the fight music is always the same jazz. It's, all, it's good jazz, but, like, I could do without it every 30 seconds. Yeah. And then the, the like... Overworld city, stages? Yeah, the overworld stages, like, the city music feels like it's, like... I mean, obviously, it's intended to culturally, like, borrow from whatever the culture is of that, like, location. Yeah, the pseudo-culture. <laughs> There's a day and a night version of those, which is roughly the same song, but a different kind of energy. And it's really well done. Yeah, they're both very calm, usually, too. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the uh, night theme for Empire City. I did not get that far, I must say. I don't remember it at all. Empire City is just not in the standard definition version, like, period. It isn't? No, it's not. No, it's not at all. I think Completely it's, like, gone. canon to that universe, but you can't play anything. Oh, else. so it's just, like, yeah. Missouri, then? No, Missouri has a level. It just doesn't have a, like, Well, Missouri has a boss fight. Has a, yeah, but you don't go to Empire City at all. Oh. Yeah. There's not a Gaia Gate there, I don't think. 
Yeah, there's Man. not a Gaia Gate. There's not a city that you can travel to. There are no stages, no bosses. They really cut some stuff in there. Yeah, but in in return, we got a Dimps game, which is much preferable to anything else at this point, in my opinion, personally. That's very weird, because they don't cut any stages in Sonic Colors DS, so I'm very... Well, maybe there was a time crunch. There was definitely a time crunch. I think there was a time crunch for this game, like, either way. There, there tends to be a crunch of some kind in every video game. I don't know, just just hearing that there's a missing stage just makes me kind of upset. Well, you don't have to think of it as a missing stage. You can think of it as a bonus stage in the HD version. That's that's how I thought of it, because I played the HD version second, and when I got to Empire City, I was like, wow! And then I played the stages, and I was like, I wish these were not here. Yeah, it's not uh, like they're because, amazing. Because they were infuriating to play. They're late stage, <laughs> they're like late game stages, so I assume they just suck ass like most late game Sonic stages. Uh, yeah. They're they're kind of whatever. It's I mean, this this game has a habit of being like, "Oh, did you make one minor mistake? You've died." And in in the late game, it only gets way worse about that. Yeah, especially in the HD version. In the standard version, you're usually checkpointed really well cuz, you know, they aren't actually quote-unquote checkpoints. In the night stages, you just kind of respawn at the beginning of the room you're in, whereas in the HD version, you respawn, you know, three minutes before, and you have to do three fights again in a, you know, jumping segment. Yeah. There's a... I distinctly remember in the final stage of the HD version, which I have not gotten to this time, but years ago, I remember this. There's a checkpoint where you enter this, like, tube or whatever uh, that you just fall into a one-up because... Uh, the reason I remember this so perfectly is because I would die sometime after that checkpoint and then get that one up over and over and over again. Yeah. I was it's trapped the... in, in Sonic the Hedgehog limbo. <laughs> it's like the Tails Sky Patrol thing where it's too easy and too hard all at the same time. Yeah. So it, it was rough. Uh, I would like to say uh, about the music, uh, which is that all of the like locations... Uh, the music is is based on like music of the culture that city is like. I, I would be hesitant to give it that much credit. <laughs> I mean, See, I, yeah, it's based on like caricaturizations of that culture's music through the lens of you know it it's usually seems to be Western media in this case. Yeah, but the neat thing is that the instruments are usually based on instruments that might be found in those areas. Right. I, I will Even say, if the composition itself is not, you know, particularly a reference to any song from that region or something like that. There's more, like, genre variety in this game than there has been in any previous Sonic game. Yeah. Uh, and I think, it, I think it really works for the game and especially really sells the uh, atmosphere of the game. Do you think... So would you say that it does a better job than, like, say, Sonic Adventure when they had the, they had the Mystic Ruins? How you were saying that one doesn't fit? I, th- I think so, because I think it makes it fit by virtue of the fact that it's, it's world not traveling. just... It, it's not just, here's a city where we've got this cool, like, guitar thing playing, and then here's this nature area where we've got, like, people singing in the background, but not actually words. They're, they're chanting, it's not They're singing. chanting, yeah. Uh, it, it, in this game, it's more like every place you go, there's a new, like, kind of music. So the the atmosphere is there's going to be a new thing around the corner. Yeah. You know. The other thing that I think helps it 
tie together better than the Mystic Ruins is that the only song in Sonic Adventure that is like the theme of Mystic Ruins is the theme of Mystic Ruins. Whereas in this game, each city has four songs that kind of go with its vibe, and That's also this true. entire game I mean, has a generally more laid-back vibe than Sonic usually does. Mystic and Ruins also, is a hub world for like four or five stages. Right, but none of those stages have music that sounds like Mystic Ruins. Fair the, enough. The closest one is like Lost World. Yeah, Which exactly. I do think is, is the most like... Son that is the one that fits in the most with Sonic. Right. Um, but I do think the, the fact that Unleashed has like a very clear structure of like, we have a really fast paced song, like a more relaxed but upbeat, and then a chiller version of that one, and then like a jazzier version that's still pretty chill. Like the fact that each song has four versions that all work in this very specific way, uh, makes it extremely cohesive even given that all of those songs are in different genres, loosely based on different cultures. You know, like it has it has very clear like theming. Yeah, it's. I think it does a better job of making it fit like within itself. It kind of makes me wish that there was unique uh, fight music for each night stage. I super yeah. wish that because the fight music they chose is well, it's not jazz, my favorite and, song. Yeah, and like Empire City is clearly like the jazz area. Yeah. The jazz area. Well, the jazz area. Skyscraper, I mean, Skyscraper Scamper Day and Empire City Night both are just, like, really jazzy, and obviously the night one is more smooth jazz. Yeah. But, like... But, like, all of the night stages have a horn section yeah. for the, the jazz vibe. That's true. It just, like, it just really bugs me that there's only one combat song, and it plays more often in a stage than the actual stage's music. So, like, yeah. at least 30% of your gameplay experience for this entire game is going to be that one song. Well, I'd say, like, maybe 10%, 15%, maybe. If you factor in the times you're waiting during loading screens, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the time that you have to spend in the overworld, and the time that you have to spend in the day version of the overworld, and the time that you spend in day stages, and the time that you, you know, spend okay. in menu navigation. Let me, let me, let me try that sentence again. If, <laughs> for your entire night stage experience, that song takes up at least 60% of your time. That I would say is much more accurate. <laughs> Which I actually, sucks. I actually did play through like one of the Missouri night stages. Is just like it's just tightrope walking, so there's no combat in it whatsoever. I don't think. Actually, I, I forgot that I got a game over on that stage several times and I gave up. But <laughs> so yeah, maybe that sounds like this game. The end. I mean, maybe, but like you can. There are there are some stages and points where it gives you enough time to absorb the music, and only yeah. a few of them really. I mean, I think. Windmill Island Night was the only one that actually got my head comparatively because yeah. they're they're not the they're more ambient than like actual like music because like Day State is like oh this is a Sonic game we're gonna go 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 we can hear that music like right. I really like how Skyscraper Scamper Day is just like someone going ham on a saxophone <laughs> like as Sonic's about to run right also something that I wanted from this game was you can unlock music right yeah. And in this version specifically, you have to buy a gramophone to play that music. I was really hoping that when you turn that gramophone on, you could, like, hear the music while you're navigating menus and stuff. Or, like, listen to a particular song while you're in oh, even yeah. just Pagonia. Like, anywhere. But it, it's not that. It's the same thing that you get in all of these annoying music tests where you go to play the song. And then even if you want to switch a song, it stops <laughs> and then the sound goes silent and you have to just awkwardly pick the next one. Oh, man. It's not what a video game is for. It's not an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do remember, like, as a kid spending a lot of time in the sound test for a couple of video games. But, like, 
man, it it is always so much better to be able to be like, yeah, I'm playing the song, now let me do other things while the song is playing. Yeah, even just interact with Mr. Pickle. Like, if it was even just locked to that room, it'd be fine, but I don't know. It's weird. Also, the gramophone costs way too much in this game. It's like 800 rings. <laughs> yeah, and that is, it is a lot, because, like, a sound thing is going to cost you, I think, like, 100 rings. Yeah, between 100 and 250, depending on which one it is, I think. Yeah. It's it's weird, but I think that brings us to the end of that discussion. So here we are, guys. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Sonic Unleashed HD. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. I've been thinking about this. I'm I'm gonna break the the wall a little here. We had to stop the recording partway through last time and pick back up on another day. And since then, I've spent the past like 48 hours trying to figure out whether or not my thumb is up <laughs> or down in this game. And I think that like. It's fun enough, and it's so damn pretty. This is probably the best-looking Sonic game. Oh, yeah. It is. It, def- it definitely looks better than the SD version. I don't, really, I don't think that the SD version looks bad, but this game looks amazing if it's nothing else than pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, I think I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Like, it's just so nice to look at this game. Here's but I what have to appreciate that. I feel like this game is better than the standard definition version, but less fun. I think that that's a ridiculous thing that you say sometimes, and it always blows me away whenever you say it. You know, I believe like you've said it like at least three times in the show. I mean, I'm inclined I, to agree with Isaiah on this, but I think it's higher production value. Like, there's more content, but there there's are... not. I, mm, I don't know if there's actually quote unquote more content. I think there is. Like, I think because there, I mean, there's side content which the standard definition version doesn't really have. It does. It has the rooms that you can explore in the. Guy again, temples. That is that is true. That is what I was thinking of is the thing that it does have. Uh, but, like, it doesn't have... Uh, well, it's missing an entire continent. Um, I mean, that's true. But, like, again, we can agree that that continent is not the best one. So why does it matter that it's not there, you know? It has... I mean, it has the same amount of stages per continent outside of missions and, like, hot dog missions, which are separate things. Yeah, but the hot dog missions are literally just the same stage again. It is not different content. <laughs> Whereas the standard definition version does, in fact, have different content. It gives you a level segment to play and gives you a shorter task, which feels much more rewarding. But I think the systems set in place for the standard definition version are more rewarding and more fun. And generally, the game is less irritating. It's designed so much better. There's so much less fluff and bullshit. Like I think it's it's more it's more rewarding to play the standard definition version for sure, and I I do think it's less frustrating. The loading screens are less irritating. Um, yeah, because there's not like a two minute walking segment between each of them. Yeah, I mean I I think the standard definition the standard definition version is just better for for me in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, you know, there's subjectivity about all of it. If you like the HD version better, that's totally fine. Oh, but yeah. in my opinion, the SD version is, like, what's the best thing to compare it to? It's just a dimps game, and I like those better. <laughs> it really is a dimps game. It, to me, it feels more like I'm playing F-Zero than Sonic Unleashed, which I would rather be doing. So, I guess that's my whole position on it. The only but downside I think that- is I couldn't figure out how to, how to skip the cutscenes on a GameCube controller. Yeah, I know that for the PS2 controller, it's start and select. And at some point, you said that you looked it up, and it didn't let you skip them until you beat the game? That is that is what GameFAQs said. I don't think that's true, because I was able to skip things in 
the HD version right away. It yeah, just, I could skip things in the HD version just fine. Yeah, it takes a second to load. Like, it, I think it's secretly <laughs> using the cutscenes to like do loading. So if you hit start and select at the same time, it'll yeah. like say saving and it'll wait for a second, but then it will skip. And I thought that like the PS2 version that I had was doing that too when I decided to skip a cutscene, but I very seldom skip them. So I just want to say that this game is beautiful, and I might be so enamored by the beauty that I will say it's better than the SD version. I, I don't think you're wrong for that. I want you to play the Eggman Land stage, not because I think it'll change your mind, but just because I like need I need to see you go through that so that I can yeah I, like I need vindication for it for sure. Well, I can't guarantee you that you will watch me. I spend I spend hours of my life on that stage wishing I was doing something else but incapable of stopping. <laughs> okay. Um, the the last thing I want to know is, like, do we think both of these games should exist? Yes. What do you mean? So, the <laughs> I guess more what I mean is, do you think that Sonic Unleashed that is SD should just be a different game but not called Sonic Unleashed? I would like Sonic Unleashed SD... But it's a different game, and there are no night stages. <laughs> like, I think it's tricky to ask the question, because I already feel like each game is two games. But that's... You You wouldn't say the same thing about Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. That's fair. And that game is clearly, like, at the very least, two-thirds of a game and one-third of a different game. If not <laughs> one-third of three different games. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's... I think it's... It's got, like, ten stages of each different kind of gameplay, right? So it is very, very extremely three games. Yeah, and none of them feel like they mesh well together, particularly. Yeah. And also, it's got the Child Garden, which is connected to all three. Like, it's a very large group of heavily different parts. So I don't think that you can hold Unleashed to that standard and not do that for SA2B. Yeah. But, like, what I'm getting at is that I think it would be cool if Dimps got some more time to work on Sonic Unleashed for the PS2 and the Wii, and then they, I don't know, called it something else like Sonic Releashed or something. <laughs> Sonic Releashed? Sonic back on the hook or something. S Sonic busted collar. <laughs> yeah, just like, I, I kind of wish that they didn't have the same name because it seems weird. Like, it begs you to compare the two and you just yeah, don't need to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's on the surface, they're the same game. But, like, dig a little deeper and they play totally differently. Their systems are totally different. The only surface that they're the same on is literally the box cover. Because the minute you boot up the games, even their like launch screens <laughs> and like loading screens are designed completely different. Can I just say the title screen for the HD version is such a disappointment compared to the SD version? Because yeah. the SD version is like, yeah, so here's a planet, but it's split into pieces. And then there's a line down the middle where it's daytime on one side, and here's like like a view of Sonic. And on the other side, it's nighttime, and here's a view of Sonic the Werehog. And I'm like, that's rad. And then on the, the HD version, it's like the title screen is space. Is All you can see is stars and the words press start. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Yeah, but on the other hand, the loading screen for the HD version is much cooler because it's like a Tails handheld tablet thing that with is like code scrolling across it. Yeah. Also, apologies to the audience if you can hear the thunder in the background of my mic. Yeah, I guess it'll just add some ambience yeah. to the podcast. Add, add some rain sound effect for... Steven's about to be turned into a werehog. <laughs> oh no. What is Aru? Yeah, there we go. No, you're supposed to go ha cuz it's the HD version. <laughs> no. I never. Well, no, we're finishing version. the podcast, therefore finishing the stage, so he goes Aru. 
That's true. Yeah. He goes out ruin both at the end, right? Is this? How do you guys feel about this episode? Is this a normal results music, or is the off-key results music for this episode? We did off-key results music last time. <laughs> well, probably, I think we're probably going to do it again this time. Yeah, the goal is to use game over music, and that's the closest thing we have for this game. That's true. Also, frequently, there's just not such a thing as game over music in the game, and we have to improvise, but... Yeah. We like we, we try our best around here. And that music right. will probably start soon, after we plug ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> plug ourselves. That was a good transition. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, you can find us on Twitter at NoSpinDashZone, and you can email us using the email address NoSpinDashZone at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I S I A H Games. I forgot the the second half of my Twitter handle for a second. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you forgot how to spell your name for a second. <laughs> you can that s- that happens sometimes. You can follow uh, me at Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me at Isaiah uh, Games. Uh, you can- Isaiah, but it's spelled I S I H U U U U U U U. You can also find my other podcasts, uh, Kingdom Hearts, A Forgotten Era, an actual play podcast set in the world of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, We're on Twitter at KH underscore AFE, and I'm sure there are places that you can find the podcast to listen to it. Uh, You can follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw things, and I haven't been doing it a lot lately, and just I do commissions, free commissions. I have spots open, even though I haven't finished any of them. I'm exposing myself. Uh, bye. <laughs> Exposed. I mean, no. Oh, wait. No, wait. I want to say one more thing. Uh, okay. T- I also have something else to say after you're done with it. Uh, everybody, take care. It's, it's a scary world out there right now with the COVID-19 and whatnot, so just remember to wash your hands and cover your mouth and not touch your face. It's a scary world out there with insert time <laughs> correct virus here. And yeah, well, come on. If I wanted to do it. Okay. I mean, it's fine. It's just, I feel like the bulk of the people who will end up watching this will have watched it, like, many months after it originally released. I know, but I need to rectify my fear by telling people to be careful. Yeah. Don't forget to buy all of the toilet paper in your local area. Don't buy any canned food. Don't buy any, like, ramen or rice or beans. Just buy the toilet paper. You'll buy, be fine. Buy literally all of the toilet paper so that all of the other people who need toilet paper will not have access to any. In fact, yeah. also, buy some toilet paper and throw it in their yards. Yeah. Just be, just <laughs> Make be an sure. asshole. Just waste <laughs> Make sure resources. That you also, take- please don't. <laughs> Make sure that you take lots and lots of pictures of Walmart shelves that are empty so that you send the rest of the world into a frenzy. And even if people normally wouldn't do these obscene things, they go and feel like they have to because they're scared they just won't be able to shit, even if they're normal people. Look, you never, you're never you never happy with where you are in life if you're scared shitless. At the end of this episode, what I wanted to do <laughs> before this happened, uh, this is our 51st episode, technically. Our last episode was episode 50. But I would like to thank the LAG Network formally, like not just in the, you know, stinger that we have, yeah, for letting us get this far with our show and with their support. We would not be able to use SoundCloud the way that we can without them. And we have also gotten a large part of our audience just from their pre-existing audience. So I'm very appreciative that they've helped us get this far. Thanks, Chili Cheese, you... Jay. Yeah, thanks, Jay. I keep forgetting that he is Chili Cheese Jay, but I thank him nonetheless. Chili Cheese yeah. Jay to go on your uh, Chili Cheese dog because it's Sonic. Oh no, I never made the connection <laughs> that it's actually perfect for our stupid Sonic podcast. <laughs> also, Jay, if you're offended by that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. Um, 
Also, you should just check out some of the other shows on the network. I imagine most of the people have checked out the Petscop stuff, but there's also the Grognards, and there's several other things going on there. They're all really good. You should give them a look. Spin you later. <laughs> don't forget to spin you later. Dude, don't forget to boost and hit a, a, a panel so that yeah. you can spin roll. B uh, boost and then hit one of those short walls that you could not possibly have seen because of how fast you were going and how short they are so that you'll lose yeah. all of your speed instantly. Right, because this is the better game than the previous one. Hold L2 or R2 to drift. <laughs> Bok bye. Bok bye. We'd like to thank the LAG Radio Network for hosting our show on platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and lots more. If you enjoyed our show, you can find the rest of what the LAG Radio Network has to offer by searching for the LAG Radio Network on any of these platforms.